0: This morning's scripture is from Colossians, chapter one, verses one through 14, and can be found on page 983 in the Black Hardback Bible in the pew in front of you. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God and Timothy our brother, to the saints and faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae, grace to you and peace from God our Father, this is the Word of the Lord.
1: Good morning. Welcome to our 15th anniversary as a church. Um, it's our celebration. And um, this morning, no matter what you hear in, in the sermon and the songs and the videos, that the brunch, whatever you hear, like I hope that you would experience one very big idea. and that idea is that the story of a faithful church, is the story of a faithful Jesus. Like I hope that that's the message that you would hear, that God builds his kingdom, and he builds it on the gospel of Jesus Christ. He doesn't build it under any other foundation, and he builds it through his church of saints and citizens, and he never stops. He never stops that work, and, and we get to start the book of Colossians this morning, as you've heard, and hopefully you grab one of these on your way in. This is our gift to you. It's, it's an awesome illustrated version of that, and, um, and so we're just sort of hoping as we go through this throughout the whole fall uh, that you would, like, be blessed by using this and journaling and capturing things that, that God is doing in you. So if you don't have one of those, they're, they're out in the lobby. We want to offer that to you this morning today we celebrate our 15th year anniversary although we started in 2008 it's easy for me now to look back and understand that the beginning of our church actually went a little bit further back to 2005 when we had a conversation with the elders of our sending church about church planting and if 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 we um, took a few more steps back and looked at the bigger picture, we'd actually see that long before that conversation, a church plant called LSCC 20 years before that started a church in Lee Summit had the, had the heart and desire to, to start many churches. And they grew so exponentially that they, they never really got around to it. And so we began. And you know what, like we could take a few more steps back and we could look wider and wider at that picture, and we could could go back from sending church to sending church through decades and centuries, all the way back to the apostles' first church plants that they began, and church plants that their disciples, like Epaphras, started, like the church in Colossae. We could go back that far, and we could see throughout history all kinds of faithful churches preaching the gospel, saints living for heaven on God's redemptive mission, and spreading the gospel across the whole earth. Like that's the wide story of faithfulness, of God's steadfastness, of his surprising grace, and people whose lives have been transformed by the gospel, being moved by the Spirit of God to see the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. That's the story of Jesus building his church, and that's our story. That's what we are connected to this morning, and today I want to share with you a little bit about this church in opening up this book of Colossians. It's a church plant, and it's fitting to begin the journey of this book on this day as we celebrate King's Cross's journey. It's fitting, so let's pray, and then we'll jump into the text. Father, we love you, Lord, and we're thankful thank you thank you thank you we're so thankful for the grace and the kindness that you've given us for many years your church it brings us tastes of heaven on this side of things it fortifies our life in the truth of your word It gathers around us friends that we can call family and it unites us to the great purpose. So in our celebration today, we don't want to just celebrate things that happen. We certainly don't want to just celebrate ourselves. We offer you, King Jesus, glory and praise and gratitude as a family of God. And so, Lord, we pray that you would receive that and be honored. Help me to honor you in the next few minutes. Help me to see your Word rightly, and may I say everything in the right way, and every feeling and reflection of my heart be pleasing to you, O God. In Jesus' name we say, amen, amen. Verse 1, the book of Colossians, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. And Timothy, our brother, to the saints and the faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae, grace to you and peace from God our Father." This is like a new friendship that we're witnessing. Paul's writing. It's like there's his name, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ. Like we know it's Paul writing this book. It's clear from the beginning, and he didn't know this church. there's there's this um familiar and formal language kind of packaged together so that sort of demonstrates to us this is a new friendship this is like paul's writing to this group of people he didn't know them but he knew about them he didn't know them personally have you ever known somebody that you hadn't met like it's kind of a weird phenomenon right like it's you you've Maybe you've just followed them on the socials and you've, or you've heard a lot about them or, you know, your best friend's brother or something, and like after a few years you just sort of feel like you know that person, and then when you meet them you're like, go to give him a hug and you're like, oh, we don't, we don't know each other that well. Like that's kind of what we're witnessing right now, is Paul knows about this church. They're famous, this church is, and it's reached Paul and he's like, okay, let me, let me, let me write some things to mature and to strengthen you because it looks like you're a good church, but every good church needs to hear these things. So let's look what he said, verse 3. He said, we always thank God. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven." You know, there are so many ways that a church could be known. There's so many different ways a church could be known in the city. They could be known geographically, by location, the church—oh, the church that meets at 23rd and 291. Of the church that's in front of the price chopper, of the church that, that, that's next to the quick trip that shall never open. <laughs> There's lots of ways, right? Like you could be known for your style or your branding, you could be known for your doctrine, good or bad. You can be known for the experience that people experience in the church. You could be known for being a mega church with all the bells and whistles. You could be known for being a smaller church that has a potent reality of family, or even some other things that are more negative. There are lots of ways that a church can be known. And I hope, as a church, that the same things would be said about us as a church. I hope that we're known for our faith in Christ, he said. You're known for your faith, we've heard of your faith in Christ Jesus, and I hope that we are known for the love, for our love for, our, for the saints. They, they're known for faith in Christ Jesus and the love that they have for one another. Jesus is like, that's how people are going to know that you're mine. Like, I hope that that's what's known. I don't really care about how smooth it looks or, or all the bells and wh- whistles. I hope that we are known above all else for those things, for those things. And there are so many ways, there are so many ways for you, for you, for each one of you to be known also. There's so many ways for you to be known as a citizen that is living in the hope of heaven as a citizen who's living whose job it is on earth to be ministers of god's grace there's so many ways for you to be known and you are known in certain ways that is our reality thinking of your spheres of influence including your whole life What are you known for? It's one thing for us to have a corporate hope and identity. It's another thing for each of us to stand in the identity that Jesus has given you. And and so so as we preach about a church, we have to, like, incorporate that to the individual side and say, like, what are we known for? Like, what when when my friends and family think about me, or I'm talked about in a certain way, am I known for my faith in Christ? Am I known for my love for other people? Or like, I'm known for something else that actually doesn't matter a lot. It doesn't matter a lot. I want to be known for those things. Paul was thankful that he heard these things about these people. It sounded like this is a church that Jesus would be very proud of. Like that's what it sounded like. They get it. They get it. He goes on to say, verse 5, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven, of this you have heard before in the word of the truth, the gospel, which has come to you and is indeed in the whole world, it is bearing fruit and increasing. Church, what does that word increasing in the Greek say? Exano. Thank you. We could have done better at that. Just saying. Exano, increasing, growing in the faith. He's like, listen, the word of truth, the gospel's come to this group of people, it's come to you, and indeed, in the whole world, it's bearing fruit. Have you ever just like seen somebody do a really good job at something? Like they just did a great job, and like you're just it was so much better than you could have expected, and like something kind of takes over, and you're like, wow, that's that's awesome! Like that's great. Like, I don't know if you if that just a bunch of thankfulness that comes on you. That that's Paul, that's Paul in this moment. Paul's thankfulness derives itself from what God has done in this church. It, it just wells up because of the growth in the Gospel, the growth that they've experienced. And, 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 and his, his, his buddy, Epaphras, that's been in jail with him, he's, he's the one who, who taught it to them. It also does among you, since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God, in truth. Just as you learned it from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant, he is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf and has made known to us your love." He said, you heard the word of truth, and you didn't just hear it, but verse 6 says you understood the grace of God in truth. It's like you didn't just hear the word being proclaimed to you. But you understood it, you received it, you believed it, you absorbed it. You didn't just hear it through your ears, your heart and your soul understood it. It doesn't sound to me like this is the kind of church that just comes on Sunday so that they can feel good about themselves. This is a church that doesn't come and leave unchanged hearing God's Word. They're not playing church, they're not consumer Christians. This is real believers in a real moment in time who love Jesus and love the gospel and hold it tightly and grow because of it. This is worth seeing. Now look what Paul does in here. Paul connects this church and he does it using cosmic language. Verse 6, as indeed in the whole world it is bearing fruit and is increasing as it also does among you." He's attaching this small church in a city that wouldn't exist in a few years, and he's attaching it to the global building of the kingdom of God. That's what he's doing. as to say there's no insignificant church in all of the world. You know, ten years ago we started planning these churches in Africa. And 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 many times a, a report would come back, hey brother, we started another church in Lofa County, and I'd be like, praise God, and they'd send a picture and there was like six people in the church. And I was like, yeah, I guess that's a church. It, but, but, but the reality here is that he's opening the door to say, like, you're part of the cosmic, global, significant move of God's kingdom. There's nothing that's out of the way of God's plan. Everything is working well together inside of God's plan. Paul uses cosmic language in Colossians to lift the view of these believers to the sovereign, supreme, preeminent, Christ Jesus, that's why he's doing that, and he he will use that many times throughout the book. Paul doesn't want us to have a small view of the church, of any church, and that's because a small view of the church is a small view of Jesus. It's his church, and his goal in the the book of Colossians is to show the supremacy and the preeminence of Christ. Those are big words for saying Jesus is the key to everything. He's the key to everything. He Goes on in verse 9, and he said, and so, and so, from the day we heard, we've not ceased to pray for you, asking that you, pause. I've heard of the the blessing, and I've heard of the grace of God in the work of this church, and and, and because we've heard of that, we've not stopped praying for you. We've not stopped praying. This is our work as apostles. This is our work as leaders to continue to pray. And so he's going to pray five things this morning I want you to see. These are five prayers, and these are our prayers today for this church, for each one of you. These are our prayers today. He has five things that a great church still needs, still needs, listen, that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. May God be your guide and wisdom. May God be your guide and your wisdom. This word knowledge that he uses, the Greek word here is growing in your faith. In the acceptance of divine revelation it's not just knowing some more stuff it's it's getting the knowledge that only god has that's what he's praying that that that, that you would be filled with the knowledge of his will and spiritual wisdom so this isn't just like get some data there's a verse for that too but like this is different this is like man would you grow in the knowledge that only God possesses. I pray that for us. The flip side of that is Romans 1.28 where it says, and since they did not not see fit to acknowledge God, he gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. I pray (laughs) Colossians 1 for us and ask God to, to keep us from that Romans 1 passage. Two. Walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, bearing fruit in every good work. May God help your every day obedience and ministry as ministers of the Gospel. May He help you every single day. Walk in a manner that's worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, so you could be used by God There's a way for the Christian to walk in this world, to to be impotent of of, of the gospel ministry that you are called to, and there's a way for you to walk in obedience and strength and power to be potent, to be potent ministers of God's kingdom. And that's what he prays for them and we pray for ourselves today. Number three, increasing in the knowledge of God. May God equip and may God renew our minds in His Word. That, that, that we don't just come to places to just be inspired by the Word a little bit, to, to just kind of hear it said a different word, way, to be sort of entertained by it, and maybe just a little bit encouraged, that, but, that we would be equipped with God's Word, passing through our head to our heart and out through our hands, increasing in the knowledge of God. May God mature us, is what Paul's saying according to the knowledge of God. Number four, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy. May God give us strength and courage. May God give us strength and courage. Being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, Psalms 46.1 says that God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in the time of trouble. Isaiah says in, in chapter 40, he gives strength to the weary and he increases the power of the weak. Ephesians 6, Paul says, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Do you know that it's God's will for you? It's his will for you. He actually, it's, he is actively working to make you strong and courageous in Him. Not, not some fake version of strength and courage, but, but strength and courage that comes from God, and that's our prayer this morning, that, that that sort of steadfastness and that endurance and that patience with joy would be there. It's the story of our church. It's a story that of, 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 of God's people, and it's good news for you today because if you're tired and you're weary and there are parts of your life that just won't budge, there's refreshment and there's mercy that's fresh and new for you this morning and every single morning. Every single morning in the Gospel. And Paul says, listen, I'm praying that for you, I'm praying for that, that for you, and, and we today We today, the great news, we have a better mediator than Paul. Paul's praying for this church, and we have a better mediator, Christ, in the throne room of God. Number five, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. Now I want you to notice the idea of thankfulness throughout this book that keeps popping up several times in Colossians. And listen, Paul's not concerned here with pleasantries. He's, he's not concerned with some fake sense of niceness. He's not. It's not why he's saying these things. Give thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light. He's not being nice. He's not being polite. This isn't table manners. Right? Like, get that out of your head when you, when you read passages like this. He knows, he knows that the Bible teaches us to be thankful, to see God, and to proclaim God as good. That's what he knows. He knows that the Bible teaches us that, that our thankfulness is us seeing God for who He is and proclaiming Him as good, a good God. If you're an unthankful and, and someone who lacks gratitude type of Christian, you are quietly proclaiming or loudly proclaiming that God is not good, that He is not good. And Paul's going, listen, be thankful, be thankful for all that God—in order to be thankful. You have to see the goodness of God, right? And, and we're so trained in this world, brothers and sisters, we are trained towards the bad. We're trained towards the shadow and not towards the gold. Like that's just how we've been trained. There's a part of you that's fallen, that's still full of sin, that kind of likes to point out the bad thing, right? The critic, how many stars am I going to give this place where I eat, like our whole life is is revolves around that at times But first Timothy Paul says for everything God created is good and nothing's to be rejected if it's received with what Thanksgiving Psalm 106 praise the Lord give thanks to the Lord for he is good and his love endures forever if you if God's good and his love endures forever you should have no other response but I'm thankful even if it hurts I'm thankful. Even if it's dark, I'm still thankful to God, like I still have so much to be thankful for. for. Praise the Lord, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, His love endures forever. There is a direct correlation between your thankfulness and your relationship with God. It's a direct correlation for your love of God, where your heart is, I wish I could unpack what saints and lights means, but Paul's praying for them. And I think of all the things, all of these things are probably true about this church. He's praying for them, for what they've already experienced, and he's going to give them so much in this letter, so much Jesus. Colossians is a Christological buffet, that's what it is. And it's a free one, it's a free one. So what might be our resistance this morning to this? Well, if you've had some struggles with the church, I think that could be hard. Got some hurts or wounds, I think that's, that's hard, or maybe you don't know Jesus at all and like none of it matters to you. That, that may be some here today. It doesn't really matter where you're at and if you've just been full of amens in your heart or um, what, whatever your status is, there's still one really important thing for us to understand. And it's the most important question that we could ask this morning. Let's look at the last two verses. He's delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of our sins. In order for you to look at this book and and, and these things that Paul's saying and love them and want these things that Paul's praying for them, in order for that to happen, you have to see that you were once in darkness. Like, that's the reality this morning is that without Jesus Christ's perfect life being destroyed on the cross for you, you don't have the forgiveness of your sins and you have so many sins. If you don't see that you were lost under the power and the domain of utter darkness, if you don't see that then most of this won't matter to you. And the more you see it and the more you savor that through faith in Jesus Christ's death and resurrection, you have been transferred by God himself. You have been transferred into the kingdom of his beloved son in whom you have redemption and you have the forgiveness of your sins, and the more that that is sweet news, the more that Christ will be a beautiful picture throughout this entire book. When you believe in Jesus, and when you confess that you are a sinner, and you believe that Jesus is your Savior, he delivers you from the domain of darkness into his kingdom. His kingdom. And God even gives you the faith that you do not possess to believe that. So ask for him, ask for it today. Ask the first time or ask for the thousandth time that God would grow you in your faith and your joy and your thankfulness for being his as we go through this book. And finally, the last question that I'm gonna ask rhetorically is about a church that's 15 years old, and we're looking at this church here this morning that, 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 that God was proud of, that Paul thought so much of, that, that was a powerful church, that, that delivers to us so much. Like, they were famous. They were known for some things. There was something God was doing in them And so my question for us is what legacy in our 30 years together, what legacy do we want to be known for as a church? What what plow do we want to put our hands to and push together? Like, what do we want to be known for? It's a rhetorical question. We'll let God answer that. Would you stand with me? I'm going to pray. Father, we, we love you. We thank you for... Um, just the grace and the, and the mercy, Lord, of, of, um, of 15 years of ministry. So many people come to know Jesus. So many people baptized. So many children that I've heard this morning, the beautiful voices of children playing in our midst, that we've dedicated them and that we've raised them in the gospel. Lord, I I thank you for it, I thank you that that the story of a good church is the story of a good Savior, a good, good Savior. And so, so let our hearts be filled with joy and thanksgiving, we pray in the name of Jesus, amen.